welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast for the final of our four divisional round game previews. And our final game is the Packers taking on the 49ers. I am, as ever, your host, Andy Davis. Now, the playoffs are kind of hope. We've got two hopes with us. We've got Paul Hope and Ollie Pope. First of all, Paul, how are you? You know me, Andy. Purdy good, especially in the playoffs, buddy. You said, you said this last one against the Eagles. Look how that turned out. So, um, yeah, but you did no, other games, I suppose. I didn't say it for the Eagles. and then well, That's you... right, you didn't say it. That's right, yeah. So I remembered this year when Andy invites you back on, stick to your catchphrase, which is what Purdy <laughs> good as 49ers fans. Great stuff. And also joining us back to the show today is third and long's Ollie Hope. Ollie, how are you? I am great, thank you. Looking forward to this weekend. I think there's four very good matchups, and hopefully by Sunday morning, we'll have a lot of happy Niners fans. Mm, yeah, this is going to be the second of two games on Saturday. Uh, it is a late game for those UK fans. Um, now, like the Buccaneers-Eagles game last week, this is the one we've got where it's one-sided. Uh, unfortunately, both Packers fans, Ash and Adam, couldn't make the podcast today. So we have gone for a 49ers-heavy episode. Uh, it's a 2-49ers fans with us. So we're setting a little bit of bias, but that is how fandom works. So, um, yeah, should be a crack of an episode. Now, Paul, over to you first. Um, we saw the Packers give the Cowboys a pacing, really. It gave them a massive, massive demolishing. I think the scoreline really doesn't do it justice. I think, really, that'll do it the case because the Packers needed won the game and they, they probably put the foot off the gas. Um, now... The Cowboys, you beat the Cowboys, but they're, they're still a good team. They were second seed for a reason. Now, we've talked about before with our Texans episode, the, the fearlessness they'll have against the Ravens. We've talked about it um, with almost the Buccaneers against the Lions, a bit of no one thinks we're going to be here. Uh, it gives you that freedom to play well. Does that worry you, the fact that the Packers are getting better every week? Jordan Love seemingly is another potential Hall of Fame quarterback for the Packers. He looks that good already. Um, does that worry you, Paul, the fact that that fearlessness, them just not expected to be there, could play on their mark, could help them as opposed to you guys, where you're number one seed. Everyone thought you'd be the Super Bowl favourites going into the year. Um, do you think that mental side could be a factor in the game? Not for the 49ers. I mean, we're looking at possibly our fourth NFC Championship game in five years. The noise coming out of Santa Clara is the team of focused. They've been practising hard. We're a balanced team. Now, if Packers fans are waiting for the two 49ers fans to come and trash talk. That's not my style. I've done shows with you before, Andy. First of all, it was absolutely epic to see the Packers do that to the Cowboys in Jerry World. I do have friends who are Cowboys fans who have made no excuses. They said that was poor. As part of the prep for the 49 Faithful UK pod, I do the scouting report on the defence. So I've focused a lot of my efforts this week on the defensive side of the ball. Um, what the Packers' defence is going to do. And I'm not worried at all, Andy. I mean, Dolly might be able to take over and talk about the offence. Jordan Love has been better since week nine. But let's not forget, these Packers were nine and eight. They've scraped into the playoffs. The Cinderella story is coming to an end. It's maybe a year too soon in their development. So I'm not going to say that the Packers aren't a good team. They're in the playoffs. They've reached a the divisional round. But for the hype that's surrounding the Packers this week, Andy, I mean... The loss to the Giants, December 11th, to Tommy DeVito. The loss to the Buccaneers, who I saw live at the gold mine. The Buccaneers were not a good team. The scraped by the Panthers, 
let's 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 not make no bones about the Panthers are a terrible team. They beat the Vikings, but who isn't beating the Vikings at the moment with Nick Mullins? And then they put 17 points on the Bears in what was a must-win game. Now, yes, I've seen a lot of talk this week. Packers fans are bullish, but me and Ollie have been there. I remember going into Lambeau Fields, Aaron Rodgers, Devante Adams, we had Jimmy G. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. And we won that game 13-10. And I still remember leaping around my front room at Robbie Gold scoring that last winning field goal. The Niners, when they rested, go look go look at the, the records. Once we're well rested, we play well. I'm not even worried about the weather, Andy. I just think that this is going to be a convincing victory. I went for 31-20 on the 49er Faithful UK pod. I know all the talking heads are gone for the 49ers and some Packers fans are saying they did that against the Cowboys. But Kyle Shanahan is not Mike McCarthy. Christy McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Brock Purdy. And I'm going to leave some names on the defensive side for my good friend Ollie because we are the number one seed and I have been a fan for 10 years and I'm not going to make no bones about being confident. We are the best team in the NFL in my eyes. What do you reckon, Ollie? Do you think I've come on a little bit too, too sombre? Do you think I need to raise it a, a, a level? <laughs> um, I like what you're saying, and I, I'll, I'll go on to the offensive side as you covered the defensive side. The Packers are very young offensively. I mean, Jordan Love, I think he's in his third year, but it's his first year starting. Christian Watson, second year player. Romeo Dobbs, second year player. Um, Jalen Reed, first year player. Mus, um, Musgrave, Kraft, all rookies. So, although they're good, I worry about their lack of experience in the playoffs. And if you want to look at that game against the pack, the Cowboys, um, we also absolutely pasted the Cowboys too in week four. We have a pretty good record against the Packers. I believe the last time we lost to them in the playoffs is actually 2002. And this might show my age here, but I was um, four at that point. Um, so I can't say I remember that game. But since then, all we've done is beat the Packers. And also, Shanahan has a pretty good record against his coaching tree because we usually beat McVay, we beat Mike McDaniels, we beat Lafleur. As you were saying, the um, 2019 game, if I recall, that was also prime time on a Saturday at Lambeau Field when we won 13-10. And our record off buys under Carol Shanahan is pretty good. So I'm excited. I feel like we have a good chance against a team that may be a bit inexperienced. Now, I have to ask this question because we talked about Lamar Jackson not having the best postseason performance or best record. We talked about maybe two and Dak not being that good in the postseason compared to the regular season. And I think we talked about, on the other hand, CJ Stroud um, not having busy looking like a pro and looking elite in just one playoff game. Now, Brock Purdy's playoff stats from last year, I'm going to bring them out to you. So, obviously, we don't take into account the Eagles game because that was injury, only had four completions, four attempts. Seahorse game, fair enough. Um, he did have three touchdowns, zero picks, over 300 yards. But that Dallas game didn't have a single touchdown or pick and had 214 yards. Now, I don't think we can probably sit here and say Purdy is the reason you win games. And I think that you look like of McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. I think you guys have got enough there to win this game, I think, even if Purdy isn't great. But is that something that potentially worries you, whether it's against the Ravens or the Bills or the Chiefs or even against the Lions, the fact that he has a tendency, especially when he's maybe throws one pick, he can then go and throw maybe a few more. And I think 
obviously due to the team he's got, he's not really had to too many times had to go from being behind to win a game. But does that worry the fact that maybe he isn't the best quarterback? He's a game manager, you could argue. And does that worry the fact that he hasn't actually been the reason he's won games to really come to get, come, comes up against a good team, chips down? Does he worry the fact that he hasn't yet maybe proved that, that he's been uh, the reason why you've won games? Paul, we'll go to you first. It's... Every 49ers fan, me and Ali have probably both thinking the same thing. We're sat here thinking, what more does Brock Purdy need to do? You mentioned that game against the Cowboys. And yeah, Purdy wasn't perfect, but we won the game. And sometimes you need to see that from your quarterback. Now, I'm not going to say that he's up there with Lamar Jackson, with Patrick Mahomes. I'd even seen a tweet yesterday, Andy, which said Mahomes was over the hill, was past it. Out of all the quarterbacks left, Mahomes is the one that worries me because he's got that pedigree. But we're looking at Jordan Love. In his first postseason, he went into Jerry World. Every quarterback wins in Jerry World. So, you know, we, we can discount that. The Cowboys fans are going to be throwing stuff at the screen. I get <laughs> that. But like you said, Jordan Love is older than Purdy, but Purdy's more experienced. Look at the stats. Whatever metric you look at Brock Purdy this season, he, he's proven it. Game manager, dink and dunk. Exactly the NFL's best at explosive down-the-field players. And I hope the Packers are going to try and go him into that. Their linebackers are not Fred Warner. Their linebackers are not the Ravens linebackers. The middle of the field is where Brock Purdy is going to eat. We are a balanced team. You're right. The 49ers don't need Brock Purdy to be Superman. And I think that's been the problem in some of his worst performances. He's come out and said against the Ravens, try to do a little bit too much. The four interceptions, which is a stick people beat him with. Other great quarterbacks have had interceptions. If you go back and watch the tape, there's only one that I'm really on Brock. The others were freak, which can happen in the NFL. But the Niners are a well-balanced team. We run the ball 48.73% of the time. We pass it 51.27%. Brock Purdy's command of this offence is present in the pocket. I always chuckle, go back and watch Purdy against your Miami Dolphins last year when he got thrown Well, it's relevant to mine and your story. So my good friend Lee Gowland was out at Levi's and when Jimmy went down injured, Lee texted me and was like, I'm going for a beer. The season's done. And Brock Purdy looked nervy when he first came in. He was trying to escape out of the pocket like most college athletes do. Two, your two edge rushers met him. There was a couple of times, both sides, I was like, oh, Brock, just throw the ball away. And when I did my pod, I was critical of him escaping the pocket. And then against the Buccaneers, he bounced back and he showed pocket presence. And every kind of hurdle that's been put in Brock's way, he's overcome it. Now, if you don't believe me, go listen to Steve Young, go listen to Trent Williams, go listen to Christian McCaffrey, go listen to Carl Shanahan, who, dare I say, knows a lot more about football than me. But no, I'm not worried. I mean, the knock on the Niners is we're built to win. And if we go behind, can Brock bring it back? Personally, I don't want to see that theory put to the test. I want to see my Niners come out, all guns blazing, establish the run, take the lead. But he's the best quarterback that we've had in a number of years. And it's not a knock on Jimmy. I was a big Jimmy fan. But we've got the evidence on the game tape. Now, it's not just one game. It's not just two games. This kid, Mr. Irrelevant, is Mr. Relevant. And I don't know what more I can say. I mean, you can chime at this point, Ollie, because Brock Purdy, for me, is proven he's the real deal. What do you reckon, buddy? I mean, I agree with you. And just every problem that Brock's had, every hurdle he's had to overcome, I feel like he's learned from. So that Ravens game, he's learned from it. That Browns game, playing in the rain, he's learned from it. Like, yes, it's going to be raining in Santa Clara, 
but I'm not worried about that, just like you said. It's funny you brought up the linebackers because I had a stat that this year is the worst ever year for the Packers linebacker in terms of coverage. So I think middle of the field, McCaffrey and Kittle are both primed for a big game. That's why I'm wearing my McCaffrey shirt today. Nice. So again, I'm a big fan of Brock Purdy. I think that um, people calling me a game manager is really short selling him. I think he's more than that. And I, I'm not worried about him. The part of the Niners team that I am a bit worried about is our secondary because I love Lenore, I love Javarius Ward, but Ambry Thomas does worry me. Well, don't go down that rabbit hole yet because, again, with Brock Purdy, Andy, the dink and dunk, the game manager record, they're people who have not watched the 49ers this year. Again, I'm going to shout with loud and proud, that Buccaneers game, that touchdown pass to Ayuk, 76-yard bomb. He did it the week later against the Seahawks to Debo Samuel. He went into Seattle and he found Ayuk. People are knocking on this kid saying he can't throw outside the numbers. I don't know what game tape they're watching. We referenced the Packers linebackers. What came out and said that you know Brock Purdy's gonna we're gonna put him under pressure. He's gonna make mistakes. Don't know what game tape he's watching because Brock Purdy is the number one quarterback in the NFL, facing the blitz and facing the pressure. So when people are coming around saying, "Oh, are you worried, Paul?" I'm like, "Why would I be worried? We're the number one seed in the AFC for a reason. We've had that extra week's rest, and he gets better and better for me. I don't know about you, Andy. Are you still to be convinced? Then are you telling us that no, he's not I... quite up there in your eyes? No, I mean, I would take another two in a heartbeat. If I had a choice of two or Brock Purdy, it's Brock Purdy or Lenore. I've spoken a lot on this podcast at my thoughts on Tua, and I would take Brock Purdy in a heartbeat. Um, and they do looking at the stats now. I mean, the stats don't lie. 31 touchdowns, 11 picks. Um, and I, I do think, in a way, it's almost he's been hindered by his team around him because he has got Kittle, he's got McCa- he's got these great players. I think almost that becomes almost a little bit of a sticking point for him because people will just automatically point to that and I have done and I I, I I do think he's good I don't think he's yet to be great but to give him credit he's still a young quarterback um, now one thing I've actually realised in within literally looking at the picture now he looks exactly like my barber my hairdresser in my, my where I live imagine Brock Purdy with glasses and a lot of tattoos that's my barber basically it's, it's literally I'm not, I really realise this now it's a fitting image it's, it's quite crazy but um yeah, for me, I, th- I think Purdy, I think the team we've got, I don't think Purdy needs to be maybe elite because you look at Ravens teams in the past when they've won Super Bowls, you know, Trent Dilfer, Joe Flacco, haven't exactly been great quarterback, but their team around them is one of the games. I think even the Lions, I don't think Goff is the best quarterback in the world, but when you've got a great O-line, you've got a good running game in Montgomery and um, Gibbs, you've got a good receiving call and a good defence, that makes all the difference. And I think that with Purdy, as long as he's not below average, I think that's absolutely fine because as long as he's not throwing picks away, you know, you've got the best lineman I've ever seen in my lifetime, Trent Williams. You've got, you know, me the second best tight end in the league in George Kittle. You've got one of the best, one of the best receiving calls in Kittle, sorry, in Ayuk, Samuel and um, all the rest. And I, I think that it's obviously McCaffrey, McCaffrey. So in the defence as well, when the defence is, is electric. So for me, I think this is why, again, I've got Niners winning the whole thing. I've had it since week four. And I think these guys are just that good. But, um, you know, at the same time, could you imagine this team if you had Mahomes, if you had Allen, if you had Burrow? Just imagine what this team could be if you had that quarterback. I think you'll be a genuine, be a 17-0 team. So I think really, 
if he is your one weakness, then that, and apart from secondary, I think that's that's a good thing because there's teams are a lot bigger weaknesses than that uh, than, than what Purdy is. So yeah, fair play, and I think that you guys obviously are famous for this game, but I think the Packers um, obviously they do pose some threat. I think their receiving core. You mentioned Ollie of the second day for you guys up against the likes of Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs. Newt Musgrave, Tucker Craft, and I think there's a good young call. I think Packers are going to be they're going to be in in around the the, the playoffs for for years now. I think their team is so young and so poised. They're all on rookie deals as well. Uh, I think watch out for them next year when it comes to the playoffs. Um, what kind of stuff, Ollie? Do you think apart from the secondary could cause you the most problems in this game in terms of from the Packers? So I, I mentioned that I think our secondary is weak. And there have been certain weeks where, uh, quite recently, where our run defense has not been great and we've been missing a lot of tackles. I do think getting Armstead back, Hargrave healthy, and having our full defense back will be a big help with that. But if our missed tackles and poor run defense allows Aaron Jones to have a good game, then we could run into a few problems. I think that's fair to say. I mean, Aaron Jones has been pretty decent. Ollie mentioned he's worried about the secondary. I'll give you two reasons why I'm not worried. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. We did to the Philadelphia Eagles what nobody said could do. We didn't get the sacks on Jalen Hurts. As Nick Bosa said, Andy, better than me. We put the blueprint out there. Now, when I watched the tape back of the Cowboys versus the Packers, Jordan Love had a lot of time. The Packers' offensive line is good. But Steve Wilkes was brought in to be our coordinator to shore up that secondary. And I think he's done a good job. I think Javarius Ward has been all pro. I think Lenore came alive in the playoffs last year. People forget about that. You're right, Ollie. Ambry Thomas hasn't been great. But I think if me and you sat here a year ago, we would never have thought Ambry Thomas would even be in and around the team. This is the healthiest 49ers team we've ever had in the playoffs, Andy. We're missing Hufanga. I think we're missing Farrell. Other than that, we've had a week's rest. We've had time to game plan. Like you said, Jordan Love's got to go up against the two best linebackers in the NFL, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Fred has been playing at a level of defensive player of the year for me. And yes, I'm biased. I love number 54. But I reckon if you asked any NFL fan, would you take Fred Warner on your team? Every single one of them says yes. And that's why I'm confident coming into this. Then I looked at the defensive side of the ball. I mean, there's a lot of metrics you can use, but the one the NFL uses is the defence-adjusted value of average DVOA. I'm sure we've all seen that on tweets. We've seen that everywhere. The Packers are 26th in both passing and rush defending, which tells you they're equally bad at defending both. And like you said, Ollie, we've got Eric Armstead coming back in. He's been immense in the playoffs. Hargrave has been an epic signing for me. He's been up there like when we had Buckner, I think you're going to see our front seven hungry. You've got Chase Young. You've got Borsa. Yes, they beat the Cowboys, Andy. But as Ali said, we beat the Cowboys 42 to 10. And if you go back and watch that game tape, the Cowboys put 32 points on the Packers. They had 500 yards of total offense. Take away the interception and a few points that could have been on the board. It could have been a closer game. I mean, at one point, the Packers rested the starters. Then they had to put them back in. I just... I mean, we could spend another hour talking about the Cowboys and why McCarthy's coming back, but Shanahan always does well against his coaching tree. And I think what you've got to look at this matchup, do you fancy Kyle Shanahan to beat Joe Berry or do you fancy Matt LaFleur to beat Steve Wilkes? And I know where my money's gone. 
I think the Packers are going to cause more problems than you think. Um, and we are going to go predictions later on. But I think, again, it goes down to Phyllis. If they have no expectation to win this game, they're, no one's thinking they're going to go into Levi's and win this game. I think that could be the one thing where I think for you guys, it's, you know, what happened last year. You look at the loss to... Um, I can't think it was now a few years before that, but you guys have only announced well, the collapse against against the Chiefs. And I think there's definitely a pressure that comes with being the one seed. I think that's the only thing I can really see being a problem for you guys is that as well as like of Aaron Jones, because I think it's almost David against Goliath, but there's no real fear for David. But it's, you know, I think either way, that defense you've got, you know, and I think no injuries is key because we all saw what happened last year. We all saw what happened with the Eagles game. And I think, you know, we've not really, I think, for the first time in years I've seen with the Niners have a fully healthy team in every year. We made Super Bowl next year, injury hit season. Last year as well, the injuries happened in that game. And it's um, you know, it's it makes a huge difference if everyone's healthy. I think we proved that in our in our last few games, injuries have a massive impact. And if you lose a few guys, then it's absolutely key. So I think for you guys, I think just almost being healthy, I think is as big an achievement or as big as a thing to look at more than being the number one seed. I think to be the fact that you've kept that on healthy for now, I think is almost a bigger, it's a bigger smile on fans' faces than the fact that you are the one seed. I think it's been such a problem for you guys in recent years. Um, but either way, I think that it should be a cracker. I think it will be a good game. And I think for you guys, it's obviously going to be a late one. I'll be watching it in the morning. I don't think I'll be staying up that late. I'll be recording it and watching it like 8 a.m. the next morning. So it should be, I mean, it should be a great game. But I, I do think the Packers are going to cause maybe more problems than you think. Uh, and I think that will be through Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love has proved in one game has done more than more than Daxon in a playoff game in terms of big pressure games. He's done more than two. He's done in any regular season or postseason game. He's done more than, I think he's done more than, I think, gotten in a lot of games in terms of being the reason why he won a game. And I, I think that he... If he's won this game, if they can score early, I think they can make this game close. But I think if the Niners get a score, especially if they get two scores early, I think it could be like could be curtains already. I think the potential to be either really close or really one-sided, I think it could really go really one of two ways. Um, so I'm going to ask your predictions now. Um, so first of all, Ollie, over to you. What's the score going to be and who's going to win the game? So um, on most betting sites, the Niners are 10-point favourites. So I have the Niners to win, and I have them to cover the spread, 37-17. Ooh, that is one-sided. Yeah, I said I gave mine away at the start because we do uh, predictions on the Fighting Anna Faithful UK, so I've been swapped the secrecy until it landed today. I think it's going to be 31-20. to 20. I think any Packers fans tuning in, I'm not saying the Packers fans aren't going to turn up, and I think Jordan Love will ball out. I'm just looking at our defence and our offence. Um, just before you finish off, the Cowboys last week defending against that 12 personnel that the Packers ran. Why did Dan Quinn just not change the defence up? You look at the stats there, against 12 personnel, the Cowboys were giving up 8.5 yards per play and they just didn't do anything. You look at the same metric, the 49ers, we only give up 4.1 yards per play. We're fourth in the NFL against that kind of offence, Andy. And yes, Jordan Love has done better. And it's going to be a good test for him. I'll be the first person to come on your show next week if Jordan Love outperforms and players, you know that. I didn't hide last year when we lost in the Eagles game. First and foremost, I'm a fan of the NFL. I love connecting with other fans around the league. And I and I will be the first to give the Packers the props. But I think this is going to be the Christy McCaffrey game. Ollie's got his 23 on. I've got mine hung up there. 
Christian McCaffrey is going to have 150 yards on the ground and have two rushing touchdowns. And what you've got to forget, that McCaffrey isn't just a running back. In an empty backfield, the Niners are the best offence in the league. And uh, you've seen it. McCaffrey doesn't even have to touch the ball. He just has to motion out to the right and the defences are going to panic. So he's had a week to rest. He's the best player in the NFL. He should be the MVP, Andy. We've had this discussion before. If Brock Purdy can't win it, give it to my boy 23. But I think the 49ers win this one. And yes, I will be staying up late. And the 49 Faithful UK Discord chat will be on fire. So you need to get yourself in that, Ollie, because that helps pass the night. And especially for the late games, it goes a little bit dark after hours. And it's always good fun. Because you can't go to the pub and watch games this late in the UK. But uh, hopefully... We'll have some watch parties before the end of the season. So keep keep watching for more information on that after uh, Saturday's game. Yeah, I mean, I've seen your clips on social media. They look like a good time. I don't know I was, I was meant to come to the uh, the one event, but things, things got in the way. But it looks like, you know, obviously the Niners are one of the more followed teams in the UK. And that is down to the Channel 4 era. I think that's why the Dolphins, the Bears, the Niners are the most followed team in the UK because people watch those teams in the 80s, like Montana, they watched the Fridge, Marino, and I think that turnout looked amazing. There's actually a lot of, you know, I saw see Rob Holdings, a um, Niners fan, and there's loads of celebrity Niners fans as well, and I think it's, um, you know, especially with the team doing well now well, you're bringing in more fans, I think you guys could even overtake us in the Bears, I think you guys may become, I think, one day the most followed team in the UK, and especially if if Rizamit goes to the Niners, then it's going to be even more so. Any player from the international pathway in the UK, I think it's going to be, um, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, for me, it's going to be a clean sweep. I've gone for the Niners winning this game. Now, I would love to sit here and say, you know, I, I, I would actually like to see Jordan Love win this game because I think it's a great story. And, you know, I've not seen either team win the Super Bowl before. I've only seen you know, teams left. I've seen the Bucks win it, the Rams win it, the Chiefs win it. So I think as long as it's not them three or the Bills, I don't really mind who wins it. Um, and, you know, I think either way is a great story. And I think that it's, you know, I think Jordan Love would be, would be something special. But I'm going to go for a scoreline. I'm going to go, hmm, I'm going to go for a weird scoreline, I realise. 15 to 12 to the Niners. Oh, a close one. A defensive, I think I can see... I, I, then again, like, I can see the Niners scoring points on the Packers. So for me, it's it'll either be 15 to 12 or maybe it'll be something like 27 to 18 or something like that. I think it could, it could be that sort of, that sort of scoreline. Um, but I do think the Niners win again. I think that, you know, I think the Packers with Jenny would be, would be the Lions or the uh, Buccaneers if they played them. But I just think they're playing against the Niners. I think it would be too much. But I think I'm, I, I'm, I feel like unless... What happened last year happens again in the in the title game. If you win this game, I think you'll beat the Lions and Buccaneers. I think the Lions will give you a harder game, but I think I think you go war. If you, if you win this game, I think you'll you'll make the Super Bowl. I really do. The question is though, actually, I'm not going to ask that. I don't want to tempt fate by asking you if you're going to be in Vegas. But um, yeah, I think certainly, I'm sure in your head, plans you made as where you're going to watch the game, where in the UK or or where in the world you're going to watch this game. Not you, yet. No, 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 it's, it's weird, too Andy. Yeah, too early it's for that. weird because I normally, I don't know about you, Ollie, but I always plan where I'm watching the Super Bowl at the start of the year. Before we finish off, in 2019, we'd booked the 49 Faithful UK at Newcastle watch party. We normally get 10 or 20 people. 
And that was the year where we went to the Super Bowl and we were like geniuses because we'd booked this party at the start of the season. Obviously, we all know how that ended, but given our links with the organisation and the watch parties, we've got no plans. We're not jinxing anything. We're literally taking each game as it comes. But uh, I like what you did there, Andy. All episode, you've been saying to me and Ali, oh, the Packers are coming to play. You've been too <laughs> bullish. And then he comes in with this scoreline. He's like, boom, 50 burger. And there's a button 50 points on there. What I will say to people listening is on the 49 Faithful UK Prediction League, I'm the only one out of the four of us that's had 100% success rate, as in I got one score right this year, which was against the Seahawks. And I've been there or thereabouts. So I'm top of our leaderboard. So my scores are normally quite on the money, Andy. Not that I, I advocate gambling, but my scores are normally there or thereabouts. Well, of course, oh, don't forget the, um, oh. our predictions last year, didn't you? You were the one that led the predictions last year. So I think, yeah, you've, you've got an eye for the scores. So the thin third long prediction league, I'm sad. We don't predict scores, though. We just we, we don't predict scores. We just predict results. And I am third out of four, yes. But I am hot on the heels of the other two. I'm you need to listen to my show first, Ollie. Then do the third and long podcast, because I know you boys have reached out. And um, So for context, Andy, Ollie is part of our group. So he's part of the 49 Faithful UK. We know he does his own stuff. I know he's chatted with the President Lee Gowland recently. We're keen to promote yes. other people's stuff. Um, you've seen me, Andy, on social media. Once you get me on your show, I'm a big supporter of all the others out there. Yeah. So we do have a bit of a reach. The Niners fan base is growing. So Ollie's team have reached out. I've watched their stuff in recent weeks. I've been in the chats. So it's just interesting because I tend to do a lot of the shows with Niners fans, Ollie, but obviously yours isn't just Niners related. So it's quite good to get a different perspective. Though I don't know how you went on the show with a Ravens fan after Christmas Day, but that's heavy for another <laughs> podcast. I mean... 50% of the posts on the third and long podcast are Niners fans, but it does get a bit Niners heavy occasionally. But yes, um, having a Ravens and a Patriots fan can keep you a bit grounded. And we'll just clarify, I'm not Ali's dad. I'm old enough to be his dad, but I'm not his dad. And we're not related, but we've got the same taste in NFL teams. Yes. Well, funny, I remember I was in... Um... I was in SoFi, I went to Dolphins Chargers last season and I saw a guy in a Dolphins jersey with Davis on the back. I, I just couldn't believe I'd seen it in America. It felt the Welsh way as well. Um, I just couldn't believe that um, I got all, I was all the way in LA and I saw someone with my surname and my favourite number on the back of their shirt. It was just, that, I found that spooky. Um, even though it's a very popular name in, in, in the world, but a surname. But either way, to see that in America, when they always spell it without the E, um, I, I was surprised by that. I'm guessing he's British. I don't know if you are listening to this podcast, this guy. If you were wearing Davis 13 in a Dolphins jersey, let me know. We can we can link up. But um, yeah, I think it's funny when, you know, I, I did think at one point when I first came across you, Ollie, then you, and you said him with Hope. I'm like, does he know Paul? Is he Paul's <laughs> uncle? Is he Paul's uncle? Is he is, 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 is father and son? It's, um, and the, the accents are sort of similar. I think different in some way because you're sort of, Boltonish area, aren't you, Ollie? And then Paul, you're like sort of near Middlesbrough sort of area. So it's sort of different parts of the world, but I can I can hear slight similarities. Yeah. I'm from, I'm from Bolton, but I do now live in the southwest in Bath. Oh, right. So yeah. very different part of the UK. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. you listen to our show, you've got a Frenchman, you've got a Teesider, you've got a Sunderland fan, and you've got a Welshman. So sometimes the American contingent do need translating and when we went over to the gold mine there was obviously a mix 
of everyone from the UK. So that, that, that was awesome. But I know we haven't got long left, Andy, but I do want to say that I am a follower of what you're doing. I love the stuff that you're doing on social media. And anytime you reach out, I do appreciate you moving stuff around because uh, we've no tried problem. all week, Ollie, to get stuff on there. And this was a nice surprise for me because I thought I was coming on with a Packers fan. So I was going to lower my uh, kind of <laughs> bullish talk about 49ers. But as soon as you see another Niners fan, it's like, no, we are the San Francisco 49ers with the number one seed and we're going to win on Saturday night. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. Thank you again for having me on, Andy. It's nice to be on for a third time this season. Well, pleasure having you on. And it's, um, you know, I'll be looking to have you both on again next week if you do win. Uh, and I think that certainly, you know, if you play the Ravens in the Super Bowl, I'm sure a certain Shane Harris will be oh, yes. making an appearance. Um, but I still think it'll be either our Bills fans will cheat. I still think the Ravens would lose, will lose to the Bills. I've got to lose to the Texans in our, spoiler alert, for our Texans-Ravens preview, I've got Texans beating the Ravens. So, yeah, yeah. so I, I, I got a certain voice note from a certain Shane Harris about that after <laughs> everyone apart from him picked the Texans on our show last night. Yeah, it's um, that's it. it's, getting, it's getting a lot of heat. It's getting a lot of heat, this Texans winning. And I think CJ Stroud's mania is hitting everyone. And I... I could easily be the case where the Ravens go out and win this game. But I just think with the rest they've had and the Texans and the momentum they've got, I think the Texans are going to shock everyone and beat the Ravens. And I'm looking forward to that game for that reason, just in case there is a shock and we're all proved right. I mean, you've touched upon it there with Niners fans, but we're NFL fans. I watched all the games last weekend. Yeah. Love seeing what Ryans is doing at the Texans. I'm not a fan of the Browns, so it was good to see that one. Um, a good friend, Andy, who lives up in Newcastle, is a Lions fan. So you can imagine how giddy he is at the moment. We always meet up once a year to watch a game. And he's always joked on that he'd love to see a Niners-Lions playoff game. And he's close. We're, we're close to that. So it's been fun to see the Lions fans enjoying the props. The Packers fans have suddenly come out the woodwork, which is fine. Like you said at the start of the show, they weren't expecting to be here. They're enjoying it. We've been where they are. I think you're right. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. They've got the cap space. They're young. And it just goes to show British people who are not too keen on the NFL I have this conversation with um, Premier League fans all the time. They talk about the cycles and at the moment you've got Liverpool, Man City. But the NFL can change that quickly because of the draft, because of the salary cap, because of the coaching hires. I mean, I was just talking to my friend who was a Cowboys fan and he said next season we could be without Andy Reid, Belichick, Pete Carroll. Mm. And when you say it like that, it sounds absolutely crazy. And I know we've not got long left and we could spend another hour talking about it. And my good lady Ollie always says, it's nearly the off-season, and I keep reminding her there's no such thing as the off-season in the NFL. There'll be lots to talk <laughs> about from February to September. Well, I always say that it's the sport that rewards faithful fans and punishes glory hunters, because you think about fans who, especially in the UK, who watch the Super Bowl for the first time, their first game they watch is, as they say the Broncos won in 2015. Broncos, they watch that, they say, OK, I'm going to support the Broncos because they, they're, they're good. They haven't made a playoff game since that. And I think that other fans, like Bengal fans, have been rewarded in recent years. Chiefs fans have been rewarded. Lions fans are now being rewarded for a lot of years. So I think that even even you look at midway through last season when the Texans were on a bad run, Lions were one and six. Would you have said back then that they, in, in a year and a half time, being both involved in the NFC Championship game, potentially going one further? And I think that, you know, you know, the Panthers there, but, but you know, a lot of these teams are going to be, you know, the, the, the Texans were 
fourth or second worst record in the league last year. They go on and win the division. The Jags made the playoffs this year after after winning it last year and beating the Chargers. You know, I think there's such a a big difference, and you can just change like that. And the Eagles, I think the Eagles might be showing it now. They they lost their coordinators last season. They look like they may lose like they've Kelsey of Kelsey, all the old guard. It's all looking a mess in their cat space. There's talk of AJ Brown leaving, and it just goes from one year them being the favourites to win it and being ten and one just what a month ago, month and a half ago, to now potentially being a team that people think could potentially be shipping out a lot of players. So it really is the window is incredibly tight. And you guys obviously will know this that your thing will last forever. Shanahan might retire, or players might leave, or free agency, the cat space, and all that. I think it's a really Really, it's the biggest strength of the league, I think, and that's why I always say to fans because it is the same five six teams winning it in all European leagues or in most European leagues actually in football. It's the same one or two teams. So, yeah, in the Premier League, it's always the same few teams. So, yeah, people are listening to this podcast want to get into the NFL properly. That is why I say it's the biggest strength is that that your team can be bad one year and amazing the next. And if you pick a good team, they could be bad. If you pick a bad team, you stick with them, they'll be good one day. So, yeah, I think that is all all the best parts of it. But that is where we'll end the podcast for today. So thank you once again to both Paul and Ollie Hope for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. And go Niners. Go Niners. Yes. Stay safe and go Niners. Is that right, Paul? That's right. You've been yeah. listening. I like it, Andy. Um, but yeah, we will see you guys for our divisional round review, which is likely to be with two returning guests. Definitely one returning guest. One's TBC. But we'll see you guys then. Enjoy the game for those watching at home, whether it's on Sky Sports or The Zone. And we'll see you guys next time. Take care.